It's on page 549, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I mentioned last week, I kicked off with um, Psalm 1. We're doing a little series through the summer on the Psalms. uh, And there's a few of us who regularly preach at Cornerstone. uh, But we've also got a guest preacher tonight. And I'd like to invite Simon Lucas up, uh, who used to come to Cornerstone fairly regularly until a couple of years ago when uh, your son Daniel was born. That's right. Uh, and then he's got a bit older and it became a little trickier, so you're more at 9.30 now. That's right. Uh, but it's great to welcome you. We, time is against us, so we can't have a huge interview. But can you briefly tell us um, who you are, where you live and what you do? Yeah, sure. My name is Simon and I live in Bolnor with my wife Claire and my two children, Daniel and Lily. And I'm a teacher. I work at a school in London. And what do you teach? I teach history with a little bit of religious studies. And how fast does the history go back? Does it go back to Psalm 23? Not quite that far. (laughs) But you do know a few things about Psalm 23. Let me pray for Simon now um, as he preaches. Father, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that uh, you speak to us through it by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to come alive to your ever-living word. And pray for Simon as he preaches now. May you bless him and us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. First question is probably fairly easy and straightforward to guess the answer to, but I'll go with it anyway. And that is, what is the link between Clint Eastwood, George W. Bush, and Eminem? Well, I'll tell you. They've all referenced Psalm 23 in their work, in a film, in a speech, and in a song, respectively. And these aren't actually the only well-known figures who've quoted from Psalm 23. Coolio, Tupac... Kanye West have all included words from Psalm 23 in their, so- in their songs, as have Fallout, Fallout Boy, Jay-Z, Hollywood Undead, I don't know who some of these are, Megadeth, <laughs> Megadeth Marilyn Manson, U2, Pink Floyd, The Moody Blues, and Duke Ellington, amongst many others. It's also been set to music by Johann Sebastian Bach, Leonard Bernstein, Franz Schubert, Ray Vaughan Williams, to name just a few. The psalm was read in the film Titanic and also at Whitney Houston's memorial service. So clearly there's something about this psalm that resonates through the ages and with people of all faiths and indeed of no faith. And it's certainly one of the best known texts in the Bible. But how well do we really know this psalm? There's a danger with well-known texts that precisely because we know them so well, we cease to reflect on the words and the meaning behind them. This evening, I'd like to share just three points relating to the psalm. I've picked out three right reasons why, like David, we might like to declare that the Lord is our shepherd. 
And these three reasons are, firstly, when we make God the shepherd of our lives, he provides for us. Secondly, God restores us. And thirdly, God guides and protects us. So straight on to our first point then, God provides for us. And I'll start with a confession, and that is that I'm really no fan of shopping at all. I try to avoid it as much as I can. Sometimes I feel inspired, however, and I do brave the shops. But within minutes of arriving, I feel like I've lost the will to live. And I generally end up retreating into Costa for a caramel latte. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love online shopping. Even here, though, I've been let down a couple of times recently. I ordered some goggles from Wiggle with next-day delivery. But it took them an absolute age to turn up. Similarly, I ordered some T-shirts from Fatface, also with next-day delivery. And similarly, they took forever to arrive. First world problems I know, but I did find the experience absolutely infuriating. Luckily, David knew that he had a much more reliable source than Wiggle or Fatface to provide him with all of his needs. And in Psalm 23, he makes it clear that he trusts God completely to provide him with all of his needs. He declares right at the outset of the psalm that the Lord is his shepherd. He has made a personal decision to allow God to take on the role of shepherd in his life, whilst he adopted the role of a sheep, making himself entirely dependent on God. He had complete trust that God would provide him with all that he needs, declaring, I shall not want. As the shepherd of his father's flock, David knew that the most crucial role of a shepherd is to provide for his sheep. Without their, she- without their shepherd, David's sheep would have died. And David understands that God fulfills the same role for his people. David trusted God to take care of all of his needs. Living in a materialistic society, it's not easy for us to echo David's words and proclaim, I shall not want. We are surrounded by so much stuff and we see other people with so many things that there is always something that we want. There is, however, a crucial difference between what we need and what we want. We might want a better car, a bigger house and a more exotic holiday, but do we really need these things? Of course we don't. But God provides for us according to our needs, not according to our greed. David returns to this, sorry, David returns to this theme in the second half of verse 5, when he says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. David understands that God is not a miserly provider, but the most generous benefactor. It was common at this time for a host to anoint a distinguished guest's head with oil on arrival at their home. David knew that, despite his lowly position, each day of his life he is treated by God as an honoured guest, his head anointed personally by his Lord. David follows this up by saying that the cup his Lord gives him is overflowing. Here's an image of the abundant generosity of God 
God holds nothing back from his people, but graciously provides us with all that we need and more. His goodness literally overflows. David is clear that God's generous provision is something that never leaves him. In verse 6 of Psalm 23, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David understands that God bestows good things on him all day, every day. Not a day goes by when God does not provide for David in abundance. Similarly, David understands that he is never separated from God's mercy. If we understand that God's goodness and mercy follows us all day, every day, then we have every reason to be thankful. Why not take the opportunity for a few minutes each day to think about all the good things that God has given you? If we consciously adopt a more thankful attitude, then the world will seem a much more pleasant place. Our gratitude will be apparent to all whom we encounter, serving too as an amazing witness. David trusted that God would provide all that he needed and said with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if we can trust God to provide for us in abundance. Can we join David and declare, the Lord is our shepherd? On to our second point, God restores us. I've just had an absolutely lovely week. The school where I teach has the builders in, and so we were forced to finish early for the summer holidays. Consequently, I spent the last week on the beach with my wife Claire, my children Daniel and Lily. We've had an absolutely lovely time, and I feel really well rested. And a good rest was exactly what I needed after an incredibly busy and stressful term at school. I have no doubt that I'm not the only one here who finds life just too fast-paced. Many of us have lifestyles that are often very busy. Whether we spend our day preparing for exams, looking after our families, or working every hour under the sun, it sometimes feels like we simply do not have enough time to rest. In Psalm 23, David presents us with a vision of peace. David says in verse 3 that God makes him lie down in green pastures and leads him beside quiet waters. David knew when shepherding his father's flock that he needed to ensure that he gave his sheep time to rest. Without sufficient rest, David knew his sheep would become stressed and distressed, which could have a serious impact on the life of the sheep, the health and the health of the wider flock. David understood that his shepherd, the Lord, looked out for him in a similar way, ensuring that he found sufficient time to rest and recover from the busyness of his own life. If, like David, we make God the shepherd of our lives, if we dedicate our lives to following him as our shepherd, we can have the same confidence that God will show us peace. The rest that David knew he received from God was not limited to just physical and mental rest, though. David trusted that God would provide him with spiritual rest that restores his soul, as he wrote in verse 3. 
This is the kind of peace that can only be found through knowing God. Augustine famously wrote, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. He, like David, knew that true rest can only be found through a relationship with God. If we want to find true peace, then that can only be found in one place, through a relationship with God. True peace only comes from loving and knowing Jesus as a friend and as a saviour. Jesus promised this kind of rest to his followers when he said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is recorded in chapter 11 of Matthew's Gospel. It's interesting the wording that David uses in verse 2. He doesn't say that God occasionally suggests that he might like to take a break or even that God tells him to take a break. No, he says that God makes him lie down in green pastures. David implies that God is active in making him take a break. Perhaps there are times when God interferes, sorry, perhaps there are times when God intervenes in our lives in order to make us stop. If we wish to join David in declaring that the Lord is our shepherd, Perhaps we should reflect on this element of the psalm. Perhaps we should consciously find opportunities to take rest in order that we might better understand the peace of God. Ultimately, we have to trust in God's goodness as our shepherd, not in our own strength. David trusted that God would restore him and said with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if we can trust in God to lead us to peace and restore our souls and say, the Lord is our shepherd. Let's move on to our third and final point, which is that God guides and protects us. I'm a big fan of sat-navs. I'm just about old enough to remember big, old-fashioned road atlases. When I first learned to drive, if I was going on a long journey, I used to consult the road atlas in advance and then write out road numbers and junction numbers on post-it notes and stick them on the dashboard of the car. Sat-navs have certainly made life much, much easier. They can sometimes go wrong, though. When I was on a driving holiday in Arizona with my friend Clive, we had two sat-navs running just to ensure that we didn't get lost. But somehow we still ended up stranded in the middle of a desert. We drove past those rather creepy swinging signs, you see, that are used to illustrate impending disaster in films. We passed road signs that had been shot to pieces. And then we eventually got our big 4 by 4 stuck firmly into deep sand. It turned out that both of our sat-navs were pretty useless. Well, David certainly knew a great deal about deserts, and I'm sure he must have got lost once or twice. He knew, though, that in God, he had a reliable guide. He states in verse 3, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The final part of this verse, for his name's sake, is very important. David understood that the right paths through the journey of his life were those that bring glory to God. We can learn a lot from David here. 
Sometimes all we want in life is direction. It can be a real struggle at times to know which way we should head in life, particularly when we reflect on potentially life-changing decisions. Where should we live? Who should we marry? Which job should we take? If we put our trust in God as our shepherd, we should strive to put him at the heart of everything that we do in life. Our key priorities should be to love God, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbours, since these are what Jesus described as the greatest commandments. If we factor these into the decisions that we make, as well as dwelling on God's word and spending time in prayer, then God will provide us with the direction that we so desperately seek. In John 14, Jesus proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. David says that God guides him along the right paths, and Jesus says that he is the way. Jesus, the good shepherd who leads his followers along the right paths, he turns our meaningless meanderings into straight paths that lead directly to a place with God in heaven. Of course, sometimes these paths will take us into places where we would rather not be. David knows that the path that he follows through life will take him into dark places. He says in verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. For David, it is an inevitability that at some point his life journey will take dark turns. He does not say, if I walk through the darkest valley, but even though I walk through the darkest valley. He knows for certain that even if he is following God, life will sometimes take a dark turn. In our busy, stressful world, it is almost inevitable that at some point in our lives, we will all feel as if we've been thrust into our own dark valley. The particular valley we find ourselves in might be caused by something entirely different, but the result is often similar. We feel as if, like, we feel as if life is dark, depressing, and uncomfortable. David experienced this darkness himself on many occasions. You only need to flick through the book of Psalms to see that David often experienced severe low points in his life. Even Jesus experienced darkness in his life. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. He experienced real loss when Lazarus, a close friend, died. And of course, he experienced real darkness in the Garden of Gethsemane when confronted by the enormity of his own circumstances, and particularly on the cross when he died a humiliating and painful death. David knew, though, that even at the low points of his life, God would be with him still. He trusted in God, as we see in verse 4 of Psalm 23, when he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If we trust God as our shepherd, we need never fear anything that life might throw at us, because he will never abandon us. He remains with us at all times, whether we find ourselves in a period of great joy, a period of great sadness, or a low period of depression. Just as a shepherd would never abandon or turn his back on his sheep, 
our faithful God will never leave us. Of course, it is precisely when we hit those dark periods in life that we might feel utterly abandoned by our friends, by our families, even by God. Yet David is absolutely clear that God is always with him. Scripture is clear that God will never abandon us. We might need the support of our friends and brothers and sisters in Christ to help us to see this, but God will never abandon us. He doesn't ever abandon us. He is always with us. God has promised never to leave us or forsake us. God is also fully equipped to protect and guide us. The shepherd in the psalm has a rod which he uses to deal with any threats that the sheep might encounter. He also has a staff which he uses to gently prod and guide his flock in the right direction. If we make Jesus the shepherd of our lives, then we too can draw great comfort from his presence as our protector and guide. As our shepherd, David knew that there might be times when leading his sheep, when he would be forced to put his life on the line to protect his flock. Whilst looking after his father's sheep, David had to fight off lions and bears. Jesus declared that he was the good shepherd. Just as a shepherd has to be willing to lay down his life for his sheep, Jesus was willing to lay down his life for those who follow him. He said, as recorded in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus did exactly that. He loved his flock so much that he paid the ultimate price and gave himself up for us. To save us from death, he gave us life. The Gospel writer put this much better than I could when he said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. David knew that God would guide and protect him, and said with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if we trust that God will guide and protect us and declare, the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm 23 may just be six short verses, but I have found it to be an incredibly rich source of inspiration, instruction and guidance. I've hardly been able to scratch the surface of its depth this evening. I hope, however, that David's words have inspired you to consider the extent to which you know that leadership of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, in your own lives. I hope that having seen how the Shepherd God provides for us, restores us, and protects and guides us, you have been challenged to become more sheep-like in your relationship with Jesus Christ.